You're tuned in to the Bear Raid Podcast, a part of the Chicago Skybox Sports Network. To the Bear Raid Podcast, a part of the Chicago Skybox Sports Network. I'm Johnny O, along with Chino and Greg, as always, yo, yo. breaking down the week three matchup against the Texans. And uh, Mama said there'd be days like this because that was <laughs> an ugly one. A whole lot of. Uh, a lot of stink to go around and just lucky to come away with a W. Yep. Yep. Lucky is a, lucky's a, <laughs> lucky's a good way to put it. Um, at one point I think we had worn out all our luck, but a W is a W. We'll take it. We're moving on. Hey, like I said, we'll take this one. I called 2420. I was off by one 2320. All good. I'm glad for the W. You know what? And over the last couple weeks, you know, Greg's been going hard on, on Justin Fields, and I've kind of been thinking, no, we got to pump the brakes a little bit, give him some time. But I think three weeks is enough time to really start to see progress. I'm not expecting him to throw for 400 yards in game three, but, you know, if, if Davis Mills can throw for 245, how can you <laughs> not get over? Davis Mills almost has as many passing yards in this game as Justin Fields has for the season. It's just <laughs> ridiculous how they can't get this offense started. Well, I thought when Justin Fields took that hit when he was running, they were already saying Trip, uh, um, Simeon was getting ready to go. And I'm like, oh, here he comes. Because I called it last week. <laughs> I said, don't probably just after week three or something like that, he's going to come in. And I'm like, uh-oh, they're suiting him up. But uh, Fields is like, not on my watch, at least for this game. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and one of those things that I noticed is we – I mean, we just continuously line up in bad position. Uh, the whole entire offense, it was ran pretty much out of the I formation. Um, you can't really have a good passing game when you're stuck with the I formation. From time to time, you could run some stuff out of it, but uh, <laughs> it, was, um, it was complexing. I just really can't understand exactly what these coaches are thinking right now. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that the coaches don't really trust the pass blocking, as evidenced by, you know, the amount of rushes that were. And the rushing game is doing excellent. Uh, but passing, pass blocking, not so much. But I, I don't think they have the trust in the pass blocking. I don't think they have the trust in fields to be able to make the, these decisions. And it almost kind of makes you wonder, is it another situation? And I know we talked about Mitch last week where you're trying to make something that he isn't. Are you trying to make him a pos- pocket passer when that's, not what his strength is you know this is an ohio state where you know you got the best line in the in the conference you got the best receivers in the country you can just sit back there for five yards and just pick your shot you're, you're not going to have that time you got to get that ball out in under three seconds well, well there was a, there was a couple plays early where justin was on the run and he threw it and he just couldn't connect i mean he was way off and i thought that was going to be his strength was get him on the run let him run, let him find somebody, or just, you know, continue running. He just seems still lost. So to me, it seems like he's just not fitting. Maybe he's not understanding the playbook well. It's very interesting, like, to see how this is going to continue um, rolling down these games here. Yeah. I think, you know, the play calling really needs to change up. So a lot of the game, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of the game is ran out of the I formation. 
And then what ended up happening out of that? Pretty much a heavy, heavy load of run football. So the next thing you know, all of a sudden, there is going to have to come, come times where they want to pass. They immediately line right up in shotgun. It was extremely predictable. I think they ran one, maybe two times out of the shotgun. But other than that, it was quite clear at the times they lined up in shotgun, if I had to count, would be majority of the time in third down. So, again, we're not really – and I was very surprised, actually, when we got down um, to the end zone uh, the very last time um, – one of the one of the trips down there, we actually ran a single back, and I hadn't seen a single back in I don't know how long, and it's just it's confusing because again we're trying to give this guy as much as we can to be able to make Justin Fields successful, but at the same point in time we're not we're we're trying to pass the ball, but we're not lining up in pass plays, we're lining up in run plays, heavy run plays, so. Um, I think we really need to, you know, figure out, you know, how to line up first. And then very after that, the very next thing we need to do is try to figure out who's our main target, because we need to have somebody we can go to. Yeah. And when you're when you're looking at that as well, it's like, how long can this hold up? It's like, yeah, you got two out of three wins in, in these first three weeks, yep. really rushing the football. But you know, people are going to start lining up that that safety in the box and daring you to pass it and just be lining up to stop the run all day. What are you going to do at that point? Something has to happen where, you know, these guys either got to run better routes. Uh, Fields has got to be quicker with his decision making or you got to be more creative with your play calling. I think it's all of the above. You know, they, I think this is the week that you really got to take a hard look. And I know in, in his post-game comments, Fields was like, I'm going to watch film immediately tonight to, to find whatever. But it's like, you can watch all the film you want, dude. What you got to do is get rid of the damn football. Like, that's, I think, the number one, his number one issue is getting rid of the football. You can't hold on to it for that long and then expect to, like, try to fit a rocket in a small window and then you're losing all your accuracy. You got to be able to feel it, see it, throw it. And it's it's got to have some rhythm to it. And if he doesn't have that, then it it's going to change the trajectory of this uh, uh, of this season and, and off season and the franchise. I will say two out of his uh, eight, two out of his what was it? Well, I'm sorry, four out of his eight completions were were rockets where he just stepped back literally twice, did the two step, drop back, and passed it. A couple to commit. One was to Mooney, and it was good yep. to see that you see yep. him do it, and he just looked laser focused. And I'm like, all right. After I was just, you know, dogging him uh, in our text thread, where God, he's done. <laughs> As I was making fun of everyone, shouting out the fields, I was doing the same thing, and I'm like, there's the fields we want to see, but we only see it for little flashes, and then it disappears again. So. Yeah. It's hard, to, it's hard to it's hard to put or identify who's at fault right yeah. at this moment. Absolutely. He was very off. You know, and the two interceptions he threw, he had time. It was good pass blocking. Um there were there was a handful of plays today where he had really good pass blocking and he had the time. I had said it out loud on one of the interceptions. Um I think it was the second one. Um I was like, "Okay, he's got time." And then he let it go. It, it it went high, 
and uh, Pettit, or um, I can't, P- Petrie uh, ended up with a second interception. And <laughs> I just couldn't believe that because it was so disheartening. It's like you're in the game. You've been in it for quarters. You you should have a feel for the game right now. And you had the time. You had a pocket. So it's really frustrating to see. Both interceptions came off good pass, uh, pass blocking. Um, I thought today was probably their best pass blocking day. Um, obviously their best run blocking day um, because we went just off the charts of the run blocking, but that's it's, it's a perfect example of you can run the ball all you want. And if anybody knows me, I am a diehard run game fan, um, but you can run the game, the ball all you want, but if you don't use it to your benefit, which is opening up that play action and being effective in that passing game, they will eventually shut you down. You will be one-sided, and you will not succeed in the NFL unless you have Derrick Henry. Other than that, you're pretty much on your own. So, um, And then today with Montgomery going down and the fact that we're only in week three, uh, Pringle went down. Um, who knows what other injuries could be lurking down the road? Uh, we cannot allow for further injuries. Everybody's got to start um, – you know, they got to start playing discipline. We got to really start focusing. Well, Herbert really took advantage of the situation. That was awesome yeah. today. Yeah, he yeah. just was all over the place. And after we <laughs> saw Montgomery go off, then Herbert's next in line. And that's good to see saying, you know, the next person's like, I'm here. I'm going to keep fighting. He's been doing that coming behind Montgomery. And then he's he gets called up because Montgomery goes down and he just, tore it up i feel that he's even quicker and gets to the hole faster than montgomery because montgomery we know is a little bit more patient but uh i like both styles but herbert just seems to be that guy who who finds it real quick and just takes off yeah. he's like uh, he's just a he just rockets right through and that's Agreed. awesome to see because i was asking my you know a lot of people ask me or a lot of people have a love-hate relationship with David Montgomery because they're saying he's he's not that true back. He's not that great. To me, I, I still like what he does. He puts up the numbers. He does a lot for the team. But when I saw Herbert, just the way he was flying, the way he was um, shoulder-checking, it was awesome to see. And, and seeing that, again, just in this first full start here like that, it was really cool and and I'm like now saying maybe he could be a little bit have an edge on Montgomery, but let's see how this continues to play out. Yeah, yeah. when it, when it comes to this this style West Coast offense, uh, really what it's all about is as a running back making one cut and finding that that zone because it's all about zone blocking. They're going to push you one way, you have to feel it off of it and then cut back the other way to to hit that opening. And with Montgomery, he's a little bit more of a throwback where he's, you know, I'm going to I'm going to see where this hole opens up, pick my spot and then make it. And he kind of dances a little bit back there. But I mean, they're both effective. I mean, Montgomery, yes. I think is still a good back. But yeah. I think for this offense, you know, offense and, and running backs is more about fits. You know, they, it could be a good running back, but just a bad fit for that system. And yep. not that Montgomery is a bad fit, but I think Herbert you know, is, is kind of like the ideal 
prototype when they look for somebody in this type of offense where it's that one cut and go because yeah. he, he hit, like you said, he hits it hard. There there's one speed and it's balls to the wall. And when he sees that hole, he's gone and he can, that decisiveness um, really pays off. You can see that today, 157 yards. And, you know, while we're, while we're hammering fields, you know, looking at the, the grand scope of things and, and looking at the positives, that rushing game, 281 yards, you know, it wasn't just Herbert, but somebody like Herbert helps open it up for other guys. Since 1984. <laughs> That's crazy since we've done that Led kind of yards. Led by the great. And, you know, and earlier in the game they had mentioned, um, I think it was the, at the halftime, 186 um, was the best by 1988, which is Neil Anderson. Um, right. In fact, Neil Anderson's best year. Um, when he had the longest run from Chicago Bears uh, scrimmage, which I don't know if that still stands, 88 yards. But nonetheless, yeah, Khalil Herbert, when he came in, it was it was clear he was looking like, you know what, I want that starting spot. I think he thought Montgomery was going to be injured, injured, or I don't know what the case was, but he saw Montgomery go down, and I think he saw an opportunity, and he went out there with a passion to take it. Um, he, he finds the hole very well. Um, that is one thing that we could definitely see. And if you look at this game, it's a pure example. I mean, I was at like 14 carries, 120 yards. Um, so you don't you don't have 14 carries, 120 yards, unless you are absolutely fine in the right spots. And at that point, he hadn't even ripped off his big one yet. So um, he came in, he did very good. And it's a great problem to have. Um, although I'm very concerned with Montgomery's health, I, I hate to see him go down. Um, although day to day is very good, I'm glad to see that, and um, just want him to come back. Uh, pass blocking—that's one thing that Khalil Herbert needs to kind of do a little bit better. He hasn't really stepped up and met anybody in the in the pocket yet, but I don't know. Maybe he hasn't had a good chance. We'll, we'll wait to see on that. But nonetheless, hats off to that guy. We wouldn't be talking about a victory if it wasn't for him. Yeah, and I think um, you know that's that's what you got to look for when when you're trying to steal these wins. Is that you know we mentioned it coming into the, these last couple of games. Really, the formula for them to win is going to be creating turnovers and you know dominating on the run game, and they did that today. Um, so it's it's that's going to be the formula. It's, there's going to be a way to steal one. You know, when you play somebody like the Texans who have given up you know, almost 600 yards through the first two weeks passing. You would have liked to see that passing game, but, you know, this kind of buys them that time to kind of figure things out uh, on the passing side is if your running game can dominate the way that it's doing, because it, I mean, that's the word for it, domination, because they, they're doing whatever they want uh, out there. So that's, that's a positive takeaway. I think another positive takeaway is a, is a guy that we focused on and Weekly, that man was on a mission. I'll tell you, um, he really started to heat up in that second half. And then when he laid the hit on Pierce, oh man, oh man, they played it over a few times. <laughs> Pierce played a little, a little spin roll, a little spin move thinking he was slick. And Roquan came up with the cleanup session, and, oh, it was beautiful. He put that man down so quick. And right after that, you could tell 
something sparked. All of a sudden, here we go. Now it's Roquan, Roquan time. And he took over from there. I mean, he was all over the field. Um, I couldn't believe when they mentioned that he had had uh, 15 tackles. And at that point, I'm like, you know, this is incredible. This guy's having an amazing game. And then he goes for the pick. So it was, it was classic. It was great to see him get that pick because, again, he's playing in a in a uh, four three defense that he hasn't really played in before. We've had a lot of questions. What's he going to be able to do? Is he going to be able to adapt? Well, I think we're here to say we could answer that question with yes. Go ahead and move on to the next topic, next player. Roquan's not an issue. Just go ahead and pay that man. He's a future Hall of Famer. You do not pass on future Hall of Famers while they enter their prime. You sign him. My thoughts. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he was all he over was the all place, place, which was great to see. The other part yeah, was yeah. Um, when Damian Pierce, and he had a hell of a game on us, yeah. just like the last couple of games, our uh, run defense seems to be uh, lacking, yeah. unfortunately. But... <laughs> But 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 Roquan was getting all the hits, whether it was joint, solo. He was flying. It was good to see on yeah. TV. And even the announcers were talking about it. You know, here's Roquan. Here's their stud. It made me, you know, after we were kind of questioning him last podcast, his ears must have been ringing. And after that, you called it, Chino, after that hit, I was like, whoa, I flew out of my chair. Pop went flying. You know, food went flying. I was like, now nah, there we go. Now he's in the zone. He's I once he got that hit, you're right. Like he's like, I like this. I'm gonna I wanna keep tasting it. And we needed that big time. And then the interception was just the icing on the cake. Speaking of icing on the cake, Eddie Jackson again. How about that? Yes. <laughs> That's what I was gonna transition to. Is seeing Eddie Jackson, Roquan Smith both they're making turnovers, causing you know, getting those interceptions, as well as leading the team in tackles. You know, that's what we need for this defense is those leaders that kind of reestablish themselves. Yep. Out of some mixed seasons, or for Eddie Jackson, a couple mixed seasons. Um, and then Roquan, you know, playing for his contract is you want those guys to lead the pack, lead by example. And, you know, those are the guys that you want to, you know, have in front of your team, be the the spokespersons, be the spotlight for that defense, and and they're carrying the stick. They're 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 doing it so far through the first couple games of the season. And it, as long as those guys continue to go, then hopefully the young guys like Brisker, um, Chino's guy Kyler Gordon, you know, they, they can <laughs> kind of pick up on this and and really carry that torch as well. Yeah. Well. I mean, hopefully. And Eddie Jackson is a great, you know, story. You know, now that we're hearing of what may have very well been factors in his, uh, you know, his last play. Um, and when you, you know, you take those those factors into consideration, they're pretty big factors. So, um, there, you know, there's some understanding. However, that boy is balling out right now. And I'll tell you, it was it was really good to see that that interception fall right into his hands. I felt like that was a bit of a gift. You know, he might have gotten a gift from uh, from somebody looking out over him. But nonetheless, he's all over the place. And when you look at the small things, he's uh, he's been he's been filling in the box. Um, he's been making plays down the field. And you really not seeing anybody burn him. I can't actually even refer back to a pass 
that was caught over him. I'm sure there was one, but nonetheless, when you don't hear his name being called, that's a good thing. And then when you do hear his name being called, it is now an even better thing. So I'm loving to see that man back. Yeah, it's it's, it's good to see him, you know, tackling and not trying to avoid, yep. avoid the contact or, you know, make like a, a shoulder throw at contact. And, you know, that might be part of the hits principle where, the, you know, nobody wants to come back in the, in the um, you know, film room and, and get called out for a loaf or anything like that. But, yeah, I, I definitely think that we're seeing a rejuvenated Eddie Jackson this season. And hopefully those two can continue to kind of lead the charge. Um, you know, Brisker's doing his thing. He's effective. He's not – you know, anything too spectacular so far, but he's a starter and he's yeah. doing what he's third in tackles uh, in today's game. And he's doing kind of what you want him to do. Be yeah, there perfect be time, too, for Eddie Jackson to start doing what he's doing. Bring in that new rookie that, that isn't sure about the NFL. Build his confidence quick by the play that you're demonstrating. Let him see, okay, you know what? I can do what Eddie's doing and, you know, and show him how to do it. And I think that. I, I personally think Jaquan Brisker is playing better or playing as good as he is because of the fact that he's got Eddie Jackson next to him. I believe Eddie's a good freaking teammate, and I think that he's going to get the job done. Um, we're very lucky. Yeah, it's good. Thing. I was I was surprised that Houston didn't keep going to uh, Nico Collins. That guy's six four, made yes. some crucial plays down the line to keep the keep Houston alive, and we talked about our. You know, our backs, defensive backs being kind of small from corner to safety, you know, 5'8", five, 5'10", five, <laughs> whatever you want to call them, right? But it, it, I, I was I was nervous at that point because the game was close, you know, all the way through. Just kept coming back and forth. And that one play where they did the fake punt or field goal, and, you know, we knew Lovey was trying to push the buttons earlier even in the game, but he ended up still trying to – um, punt. Then, then the second time around, he faked it, got in, and I'm like, "Oh man, we're getting in trouble. They're coming in the zone." But even them, they started continuing the, to keep the um, run game going, which was interesting. So it was just pretty much like against the Niners almost, and even the Packers, you know, just kept running with Aaron Jones. So it'll be interesting to see how we continue to let you know, the defense up front, you know, stop this run because if you get other teams, they're also going to attack on the fly. And I wasn't expecting, John, you were saying how much, you know, Mills was able to throw for. I didn't even, I think because Damian Pierce stole the show there, I wasn't even really paying attention to what Mills did. But, yeah, you're right. He was connecting with a lot more receivers than I thought. And you, you know, then you're like, man, how come we can't do that? So as much as we went through on both angles, uh, a good victory. Again, we were hoping this win. We were ex kind of expecting this win. But when we play another team, you know, a tough uh, team in the NFC here, like we did against the Packers, we can't play like that. Can't give them opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah. And Next week, we'll be taking on, on the Giants in New York. They play tomorrow on uh, Monday Night Football against the Cowboys. So we'll kind of uh, be able, all be able to kind of get an eye on them and see exactly what may be in store. But they're so far, they're a team that's not really 
blowing anybody away. They're two and zero, but it feels like almost kind of like they have lucked their way in the two and zero. So it will be it'll be good to kind of see them and actually get to see what they're about instead of just a couple highlights on Sports Center. But uh, so far from what I've seen, it, it it just looks like they got lucky to play who they're playing in those games. But sometimes, you know, as a I wouldn't say a good team, but if if you want to continue to transition to be a good team, you got to win games that you're supposed to and games that get ugly. And Definitely. oh, either way, you got to be able to steal those, and they've done that regardless. So they're two and zero for a reason. So even though they don't on paper seem that great, there's still somebody that needs to be taken seriously because if Saquon Barkley can do what he what he can do then it, it can be trouble so i'll be looking forward to watching them tomorrow and then getting a little bit more in depth for our for our week four preview uh, and, don't, and as i say don't sleep on my duke boy daniel jones those of you who don't know i'm a big duke fan by the way <laughs> oh, and, uh, you know, and the Giants, like John was saying, you know, to piggyback off that, they haven't really been anything special um, today. I mean, they did pull a victory. Daniel Jones only had a, uh, a one touchdown, barely. I don't even think he had 200 yards. Uh, Saquon didn't do anything special. Um, they're still under Brian Dabble. You know, they, they're, they're a new coach, new organization trying to figure things out. So they've been able to squeak out two wins, but um, they're still a work in progress. So. Um, as are we. So it's another situation where, uh, very similar to the Texans, we have a very type of similar setup. Um, they're a new coach. We have a new coach. They have a new regime, new you know, new fit. We have a new regime, new fit. So we're going to be able to see how things go, and uh, hopefully we can come out of that 3-1. and one. That would be great. Yeah, another thing I want to take a look at when we have our, uh, our in-week show, as, as we preview the game against the Giants, is also kind of take a look at the other new coaches around the league. Uh, you know, three, week, three weeks in, I want to take a look at where Dable is, where um, where Eberflus is, and, and also, I mean, Doug, Doug Peterson, I thought, would have been a washed-up retread, but he's he's got the Jacksonville Jaguars at 2-1 uh, down there with a win today. So, I don't and, you know, it would be interesting yeah. to see because you, you start to compare exactly who the Bears hired versus who else was out there. And I know at that time, some of the spots had been filled, but you still had people like Dable and and Peterson out there. So it would be good to kind of stack them up and kind of see where the rankings are three three games in, just uh, just for fun, just for shits and giggles. And of course, well, you know what you know what bothered me today is Komet just looks solid when he's in in the clutch when we need him, and it makes me mad we can't use him like a because he's pretty big, right? Or no? Just a little bit. Yeah, well, that, that's <laughs> what I'm getting at. Why can't we use Why can't we're we use all, him like we're a... All under, we're all under the height of 5'8", so... <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, he's pretty big. I was like, why can't we use him like a Kelsey, man? Like, that should be our well, stud right there. He doesn't have the speed of a Kelsey, but he's 6'7". Right. He's got the height. He's got the power. He can be... A, I almost try to compare him to like another Notre Dame tight end, Kyle Rudolph, where yeah. Kyle Rudolph was always solid in Minnesota. He was never like great. He had a couple of really good seasons, but never like great. But he was always like solid, dependable, reliable. When they knew needed a first down, for a long time. You know, something like that. Like you know, he, 
hopefully better than that. But, you know, along those lines, because I don't think he's got the the speed or the ability to be like a Kittle or a Mark Andrews or um, or a Kelsey. But I don't see why he can't be in that next tier because he's got he's got the tools. So there's no reason why that guy can't get six to seven heart, 700 yards a season with about six to eight touchdowns. Wow. Well, <laughs> there's a lot. No, of I hear you on that. <laughs> Despite his talent, there's reasons that, uh, yeah, still pop up. But um, he has all the tools, and he's a big boy. And you know what? He can block. So far, we haven't heard him being discredited on any blocking. We haven't heard his name came up um, by being beat on anything. Um, that's a very good thing. And any lineman out there will tell you, as long as your name isn't being called by the by the announcers, that's a good thing. Because the offensive line is not a glamorous spot. So, <laughs> well, all right, that will wrap things up here for our week three uh, review. Bears versus Texans. Bears come away with a 23 20 win, led by Khalil Herbert, 281 total rushing yards uh, for the team. Herbert had 157 of those with two touchdowns. We'll head into week four against the Giants. Uh, hopefully a little bit of the same, more running, and hopefully we can get uh, Justin Fields thrown for over 200 yards. We'll we'll make a wish and hope that happens, but we'll catch up with you guys later on this week. Thank you very much for tuning in, and as always, bear down. Bear down, bear fans. Have a good night. Good night.